welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you for 
joining us on this again rainy Sunday morning. A beautiful rain, though. A lovely rain. Today to celebrate the baptism of a little one here together. And so, if you're listening by means of the radio, you may hear the sound of children uh, in the background this morning. And that is the sound of new life. That is not a distraction, but rather is an addition to the sounds of worship. Okay? And so the lessons have been long. I, I, uh, I noticed that too. <laughs> Bet you did. As I was listening and then reading myself. Uh, and want to spend a few minutes with the gospel lesson. It's really several things together. I find it quite remarkable, yet they all belong together. Well, maybe except that last part about the belt. It's, you know, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But we begin with the observation that Simon Peter, that Peter, he only thought he knew who he was. Peter only thought he knew who he was. You see, the hard lesson Peter had yet to learn was the substantial disparity between who he thought he was and who, in the end, he discovered himself to be. For in a span of just a few hours, remember, it was Peter who went from, I will never deny you, even if I must die with you the tough guy, right, to Peter's infamous and cowardly threefold disavowal, I do not know the man. The inner conflict in Peter so strong, Scripture tells us that after he had denied Jesus three times, he went out and wept bitterly. How very human that is. How human it is human it is to take vows, make promises with full faith and full conviction, only in time to see those pledges dissolve into distressing realizations of the most consequential kind. Over the years, I've celebrated many marriages and been married a number of years myself. And I know how hard vows are to keep. Today's resurrection account provides insight, I'm going to suggest for us, into both human nature, that which we share, and redemptively insight into God's penchant for forgiveness. Today's lesson becomes a tutorial a a guide for us, teaching us of failure and forgiveness and redemption for the spiritually aware. This appearance is not about fish. Even though Jesus' third appearance took place in the familiar environs of the Sea of Tiberias, we are told that's, that's what the Romans called the Sea of Galilee, where Peter and Thomas is named second, Interestingly, not James and John. Peter, James, and John, always the inner circle. But here, Thomas is moved to the name first after Peter's. So, Peter and some disciples uh, 
had gone fishing and fished throughout the night. And we are told fished unsuccessfully. And as dawn broke, a yet unrecognized Jesus stood on the shore, and Jesus could tell the disciples' efforts had been in vain. Children, you haven't caught any fish, have you? No. Cast your net to the right. And John recalled the result was 153 fish. And that he, John, was the first to make the connection. It's the Lord. That sent Peter plunging into the surf as the bulging net became another spark igniting both memory and actions in Peter, just as it had been when Jesus called Peter to become a fisher of men years ago, just as it had been Easter morning when the women brought news of the empty tomb, and that news sent Peter running to sea, and as it had been Easter night in the disciples' hideaway, and a week later when the focus had been on that Thomas that I just mentioned, huh? Thomas. But now, but now, Peter the coward stood alongside Thomas the doubter, and both of them as branded men. Thomas had been dubbed the doubter, but I'm going to tell you, Peter knew that he was something far worse. In this honor-shame-based culture in which they lived, Peter was the denier. Peter had shamed Jesus three times. Peter publicly, and in Jesus' own presence, even denied knowing Jesus. Denied Jesus at the most critical of moments. Peter had more than just a few issues. Peter's guilt and shame could threaten everything. Like Peter, we all have issues. And very often those issues are issues with God. It's always been so. From Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden to the builders of the Tower of Babel, those most resembling their Creator proved to be in constant rebellion against their Creator. And at times, rebellion was just right out there in the open. Let us build a golden calf. (laughs) Whereas today, there exist less obvious manifestations of the same rebellion against the sovereignty of God. And I suspect that self-governing people in democracies are the most prone to that particular form of sin. I'm going to suggest Americans and Europeans. We know it quite intimately. After all, it was this generation that banished God from the public square and then looked to the secular to explain life's deepest meanings. Socialism, communism, they're not just economic theories. They are entities that demand, that seek to define the very reason that we live, the very reason for life. And so remember this. What is important in today's lesson isn't the fish, but the forgiveness. The forgiveness. This account, if it is to be useful to us at all, must tell us, must instruct us in something of God. 
through Jesus' actions. Three times, Jesus put a particular question to Peter. Do you love me? (laughs) There's a question with so many implications. Do you love me? Three times Peter confessed his love. But each of Jesus' questions, as we read, seems to have brought pain. Just as Peter's earlier denials had brought increasing shame. Finally, Peter could hold back no longer. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Indeed, Jesus knew. Jesus did know. Jesus knew that Peter loved him. Loved him, albeit imperfectly, to be sure, but loved him for sure. And responding to Peter's threefold affirmation of his love, Jesus forgave Peter and gave the rock a threefold assignment Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. As if to say to Peter, Peter, I love you, Peter, I forgive you, but in turn you too must love and forgive those who disappoint you. If you want to be forgiven, you must also be forgiving. Well, then comes that interesting part at the end of this long lesson. Rather than try to explain it, let me tell you of something that happened last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, I shared this same passage of Scripture uh, with your children, my children, our children, those who go in this congregation's name to spend time with veterans at the VA facility down the street. Some of the veterans there are recovering from surgery. Some of them are frail elderly. Some of them are dying, and the children know that. I commend to you the uh, bulletin board in the hallway where you will see images of uh, the children with those veterans. And I pointed out to the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders that they were rapidly becoming the young ones who were going to be able to fasten their own belts and go wherever they wanted to go. Whereas those they were about to go see and serve, they are those who have the experience of someone else fastening a belt around them and taking them where they do not want to go. You ever checked a loved one into a hospital or a nursing home? And then I took them over to the VA, and there they watched a nurse who demonstrated to them the use of the gate belt. The gate belt. Some folks don't know what that is. You do. You just don't know its name. You have seen the therapist or the nurse with a belt around the waist of someone after surgery or frail holding on to that belt and guiding them. Images of 
what Jesus describes. Someone else will put a belt around you and lead you where you do not want to go. The children watched in fascination as the nurse demonstrated the use of the gate belt, fastening it around the waist of someone made frail by injury or age and directing them as they walked. And the eyes of the children as I watched them showed a mixture of both curiosity and concern as the device was demonstrated. It was a real life lesson for them. So too, so too was Peter's experience hearing Jesus ask as many times as Peter had denied, rather after all that had taken place, Peter asked, do you, was asked, do you still love me? And being asked, yeah, it hurt. Yet, with each confession of love, guilt's dark stain faded from Peter's soul. For you see, the Lord had need of Peter. There was a church to be built, and Peter was chosen of God to be the first among equals in building it. So too does God in Christ today offer that same forgiveness afforded Peter, about which we who take our vows with such sincerity only to find them often dissolving before our eyes. So too does God in Christ offer that same forgiveness afforded Peter, but may I suggest to you that forgiveness comes with a consequence. It comes with a consequence. To be forgiven, one must be willing to forgive. Only then can you truly follow. Only then can you be a disciple And this, I think, lies at the heart of the new commandment that Jesus gave his disciples that Thursday night before the crucifixion when he said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also must love one another. For by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I think it's also central to the petition of the Lord's Prayer that goes, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiven and forgiving, they cannot be separated. Only then can that disparity between who we think we are and who we are called to be be reconciled. When we are both forgiven and forgiving, allowing consequences to be what they perhaps must be, but with the spiritual element of our lives firmly in place. This is what I think the great catch is in this third appearance, not the fish, interesting though it may be, and particularly for the little ones, but for those of us who have made vows and know how difficult it is to keep them. That is the message. Forgiven implies forgiving. Amen.
We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.